0: Hi, this is Twilaire from Bellingham, Washington, and you're listening to Podcacher.
1: This show is sponsored by cash-advance.com. Cash Advance is
2: your geocaching hub for all of your caching needs, including the Cash Crate, a monthly subscription box of geocaching and outdoor gear. This is the Podcacher podcast
1: the podcast all about geocaching
2: we consistently deliver high-quality family-friendly shows that are informative inspirational and entertaining
1: welcome to the show sunny and i'm sandy from sunny san diego california welcome to podcaster this show is packed with geocaching goodness news tips and tricks and tools
2: of the trade also interviews geocaching events and stories from around the world
1: you can find show notes with links mentioned on the show and a lot more geocaching goodies at Podcacher.com. so with that let's get on, on with the, the show, show. Hello and welcome to another Podcaster Podcast. We are glad
2: you're here with us for show 717 for June 22nd, 2020.
1: And happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Yes, happy Father's Day. We're actually recording on Sunday,
2: which is Father's Day.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so on Saturday, just yesterday, we did uh, a bit more gardening. I don't know about you guys, but if you have the opportunity to, especially during this sort of like isolation, lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, period, It gives an opportunity to do some things that you might not otherwise do. And one of the things that we've started picking up on, and we might mention this on on previous shows, is gardening, uh, vegetable gardening in particular, not the not the um, flowers and right. uh, I'm trying to think of the word what are they, the decorational stuff
2: right this is vegetables and we don't have a, a huge garden but we do have some of those raised beds that Sunny had built a number of years ago mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of pots with stuff in them yeah. and it's really fun to see things starting to grow our zucchini and z- cucumber plants are really flowering and they're getting ready that to,
1: kale thing
2: and the kale going is crazy taking off. Yes.
1: and here's the deal uh, you know we have gophers I'm sure a lot of you have some of these if you're used to gardening here's my big tip you know these uh Home Depot buckets are about $3.50 each you drill them and they're 5 gallons worth of dirt and you can grow some pretty decent things and the gophers can't get to them and then you can also move them around your mm. yard depending on shade. So it, it, it's a it's a big game changer for us, <laughs> except for the fact that we've got all these orange Home Depot buckets right. in our backyard. If but you're
2: into the beautification of a that's garden, that's not the way to go. That's not the way to go.
1: No, but, <laughs> but yeah, we, and then we're growing a bunch of tomatoes that basically uh-huh. we took tomatoes that we bought and just got the seeds from them and they're growing. Yeah. So things are going really well. And, you know, we do have an advantage out here in, in, in San Diego. The weather is is nice for a long part of the year. So I think we're going to yeah. keep growing and It's growing. a pretty,
2: pretty decent growing
1: season. Yeah. But the other thing we did was yesterday we went for a bike ride uh, around our neighborhood and got Sean comfortable with his the bike that now fits him. We'll put it that yeah,
2: way. Yeah, we've had this bike for a while. And when we first got it, he was just too small for it. He, he couldn't really balance it or get on top of it. Um, but we figured he was he was ready to go now. Mm -hmm. And we pulled it out. And this is the first bike he's had with gears.
1: Gears Uh, and also handbrakes.
2: Right. So he's getting used to that and liking how that helps on the hills.
1: Yeah. Because previously Uh, it was just a fixed, well, not a fixed wheel, but it was a single gear. Right. And then he had a coaster brake. Well, now he's got... He's got a, a bike that has oh what what's it say? eighteen gears mm-hmm. eighteen yeah and then and, hand and then handbrakes so I think he's he's enjoying it and it fits him yeah, it was a Which, fun ride ride
2: right right. around and it was the summer solstice yay
1: longest day of the year longest day of the only year only getting for shorter her. shorter now <laughs> for those of you n- nightlife people I guess your your nightlife is going to get longer and longer as well <laughs> but even with all that going on guys we have a great show planned for you today. We have a conversation with Wendy, also known as Twilaire, about an epic geocaching trip that she planned with Cache Tour.
2: And you're going to learn about many of the awesome features of this geocaching trip planning tool.
1: Yeah. You'll also hear a listener story about an FTF that was the best of times and the worst of times.
2: Also some prize winners and much more.
1: All right. Well, first up, Adventure Lab updates and found treasure in the news.
2: Geocaching
1: and GPS News. All right, first up in Geocaching and GPS News, we have an update from GCHQ regarding Adventure Labs. So
2: if you have created an adventure, you may have received the message from Geocaching HQ. And first of all, they're updating the deadline. And so if your adventure is not yet live, you have until October 31st, 2020 to set your adventure to public. So they're giving people a lot of extra time, extra time because of the pandemic. Yeah. Second, there's an opportunity to get a second adventure credit. So this is what the email said. If you complete your adventure early by August 31st, you have the chance to be randomly selected to create a second adventure. Geocaching HQ will randomly select at least 300 creators with geographic distribution to receive a second Adventure Lab credit. Nice. So that's really good news, actually, for getting more adventures out in the wild, because mm-hmm. especially now during the pandemic, people may be more comfortable with the virtual type caches that yeah. don't have a container, yeah. and so there's no container to worry about. So I think it's great if more adventures get out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and as things open up, you know, there's going to be a lot of really cool Adventure Labs that have been created during this sort of mm-hmm. sheltering-in-place time. And it'll be a lot of cool things to to go and play with out there. That's for sure. Now, also, in a follow-up news to our story from last week about Fort Finn's treasure uh, being found after a decade... A new article releases some photos of the treasure. And for those of you who don't know about this quick story, Forrest Fenn 10 years ago put out a poem where he hid over a million dollars of genuine treasure, gold, rubies, gems, emeralds, mm-hmm. and things like that. And for, for those the last 10 years, people have been trying to find it. Well, it was recently found, and now you can actually see some pictures of it. Now, there are some who think that it's an elaborate hoax. But you can take a look at the photos and see what you think. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can go check it out for yourself. Podcast email.
2: First up in podcaster email, we heard from Kendall, also known as and Bud, who wrote this.
1: All right. He wrote this, uh, hello, there's a new podcast near me, well, to the north in Joplin, Missouri. It is on several platforms. It's called the Where Is It Now? Geocaching Podcast, and it looks like it has four episodes so far. And we'll put a link on our show notes if you want to go check out that podcast.
2: And we also heard from Mike, also known as Lenciusimum. <laughs> I, I think Le- I do that wrong every time.
1: Glenciuism.
2: Yes, it's his. It's his name, but it's spelled backwards.
1: Oh, that's right. Yep. That's what. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> I just saw this article about some quote test tubes that were purchased for COVID testing. Anyone who has been geocaching for long will recognize the containers. So what they are is the preforms, or mm-hmm. the mini soda bottles. Mm-hmm. The article goes on to say that the containers are useless for COVID testing, <laughs> so maybe there will be some cheap cash containers on the market soon. Yeah. Stay yep. safe and keep up the good work. And that's Mike, and you can read the article to find out more about that.
1: Yeah, so apparently these are the, the preforms that some of us are familiar with, mm-hmm. that eventually you, you heat them you know, a factory heats them up, they turn into two liter bottles, Right. they've got caps on them and somebody in the government bought them, thinking they were test tubes, but they're not. Right. <laughs> and and one of the the, the important pieces is that they they said not only are they not sterile, they're not clean. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the, the, the way they, they so great
2: it. for geocaching, but yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible for COVID testing. So
1: be on the lookout on eBay <laughs> from the White House, maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> sending out a lot of um, unused test tubes ready to sell, and we can pick them up for geocaching containers.
2: Here at Podcaster, we love to share tips and tricks and tools of the trade to help you in your geocaching journey. We also love to share listener stories and adventures, and today we have the opportunity to do both at the same time. Someday, and hopefully someday soon, this COVID-19 pandemic will be behind us, and we'll be able to go geocaching and go on extended trips and vacations to do so. When those days come around again, our next guest has some tips to get you organized and make the most of your geocaching trip adventure. Let's listen in.
1: Hey, guys. Well, today we're pleased to be chatting with Wendy, also known as Twilaire, from Washington. Hey, welcome, Wendy.
0: Great to be here.
1: All right. Well, great chatting with you. Now, uh, before we get started, let's start with some basics. Uh, how and when did you first get introduced to geocaching?
0: I uh, first learned about geocaching as a Girl Scout volunteer. Mm. Um, I, the technology was a little daunting for me, and I was busy with uh teenagers and stuff like that. So I didn't really, it didn't take off. And then we were living in Europe. Uh, about four years later, uh, my youngest daughter came home from school and said, Hey, we've been doing this thing at school and I think you would like it. And we started doing it then and I was hooked.
1: All right. Now, when you first got started, were you were you on a, using a smartphone or one of those dedicated GPSs?
0: So in 2007, I was using, uh, in, in, with the Girl Scouts, we were using the little yellow E-TREX.
1: Mm, I know the yellow E-TREX. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that is a tough thing to, wow, you, you, you really got in sort of on the ground floor. That is a tough uh, GPS to, to put coordinates in.
0: I'm glad to hear you say that. That's how it felt to me. But <laughs> but four years later when we when we started when I started again and, and had the smartphone, that felt natural and good and, and that made it a lot more accessible
1: to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember those times. I remember printing out sheets for geocaches I wanted to do and then and then entering the yeah, you had to use that little toggle switch, like to go yeah. up, up, down to oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well tell me, what's one of your favorite things about geocaching? Or maybe, you know, your favorite type of cache or anything like that.
0: I like finding non-traditional caches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like solving a good puzzle or, uh, you know, overcoming the challenge of a webcam. Mm-hmm. We like where I goes and all sorts of caches. And I love to explore new places with um, through geocaching and traveling with geocaching.
1: Yeah, that is a very common thing. A lot of people, I mean, I I can speak for myself. We, we found so many new and interesting places just because of geocaching that we probably wouldn't have... Uh, gone to if it weren't for that. So, yeah. so, so, tell us what is it that you do when you're not geocaching? What's your your, your day job per se?
0: I'm mostly retired mm-hmm. after working in nonprofit and education, hmm. in addition to raising four daughters. And now, when I'm not traveling, I'm a dog walker.
1: Oh, interesting. And so, in your local community, you you dog walk? Yep. Yep. That's great. So, I got I've got to ask how how many dogs do you typically take at one time.
0: Oh, oh no! I live in a smaller town where I, okay. I usually have the luxury of taking one or two dogs oh, at a time. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, I got that image of the sort of New York walking <laughs> down the street with 18 dogs.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that would be me.
1: Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I love dogs, and that that I'm sure that kind of gets you to meet lots of different personalities of dogs out there.
0: It does. It does, and just gets me
1: outside where I love to play. Do you ever go geocaching while you're dog walking, like on a right. route? I do. Ah.
0: I do. And I have uh, some dogs that I can take for longer walks and say, oh, I'll take the dog in the car today and we're going to go for a hike instead of just <laughs> a walk in the neighborhood. Right. So yeah, I, I have taken dogs geocaching with me.
1: The the, the, the uh, typical kill two birds with one stone kind of thing. Yep. That's great. Yep, Get paid to the geocache. <laughs> there you go. There you go. A dream for many people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, we invited you here today to chat about your perspectives on planning an epic trip with Cash Tour, and uh, when did you first learn about this software, and uh, what's your current involvement?
0: Yeah, yeah, Sunny. Well, I actually learned about Cash Tour by listening to Podcaster. Yeah, uh, yeah. You interviewed um, Tom Frey, the the developer of Cash Tour, on Podcaster Show Six Hundred Fourteen mm-hmm. in November of two
3: thousand
0: seventeen, mm-hmm. and I just remember listening to that show and thinking, "This is exactly what I need," mm-hmm. and immediately signed up for my free account. And um, became one of the first um, adopter, you know first adopters when it went international. Hmm. And I became a supporter about a month later. And eventually, um, I was asked to be an ambassador. And so that means in addition to using the tool, I uh, spread the word about it and I lead workshops and I occasionally provide support to other cash tour users.
1: Wow. Well, let, look at you go. That's awesome. <laughs> now, so when, when you say you lead workshops, you, I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you have physical like workshops where people show up and then you show them how to do it.
0: Yeah. So far, mm-hmm. most uh, mostly I've been. Uh, uh, either hosted or been a guest at geocaching events that were oh, workshops, uh, so that people could learn about
1: cacher. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't realize that Tom Frey was was doing that. So he's got ambassadors spread out so that he can help you know help people learn more about it.
0: Yep. Uh. In yep. In many countries around the world, there are tour ambassadors who do some variation of the things that I described.
1: That's awesome. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, we understand that last summer you planned an, a, an epic trip with a group of geocachers. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that special trip?
0: Well, it was just a blast. Hmm. Um with another geocacher who lives in Oregon, a friend of mine, um FX Bill. Uh he proposed a, a putting on a trip or putting together a trip where we would kind of go after those Jazmer caches that are kind of hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Or not, not so common, I should say, um, including the old caches around the Portland, Oregon area and, uh, highlighting, uh, Potter's pond in Utah, uh, just South of, um, Salt Lake city, which is one of the four, um, August 2000 caches remaining in the world. Yeah. So we, um, talked with our friends and um other people uh just kind of everywhere we went uh, at geocaching events and um ended up uh together with so there were a total of 18 geocachers from Washington state uh British Columbia and Oregon hmm. we rented two vans uh, large uh, 12 passenger vans and we drove almost 3000 miles
1: wow um,
0: on our on our trip yeah
1: Wow and and uh, everybody was uh you, were they also using cache tour or were they just uh, participants in this in this adventure
0: Right so one of the cool things about cache tour is you can invite participants to be in a trip so for mm-hmm. example I can set up a trip in cache tour but then I can invite other uh geocachers um who are, who are also on cash chart to be participants in the trip. Hmm. And they can, as participants, depending on how it's set up, um, uh, they can, uh, they can add to the trip or they can suggest caches to the trip, make comments about things hmm. in the trip. So it's very interactive and a good place to share and, and collaborate on your, on your, as you're planning a trip. Wow. So. Yeah. And since uh, cash Tour registration is is free, it's all it's just donation supported. Um, Everybody on the trip was able to sign up for their account and and kind of work together as we planned the trip. Yeah, it was just a great
1: way to do it. Terrific. Now, for listeners to this particular episode, head on over to the show notes for this particular episode. We'll put links in the show notes so you can go check out Cash Tour. And also, I would suggest uh, heading over to show 614. We'll put a link directly to that as well so you can listen to that uh, interview that we had with Tom Frey. And it might give you a little bit uh, deeper understanding of Cash Tour if you're not familiar with it. So, um, well, Wendy, how did you use Cash Tour to plan this trip? And, and why do you think it was maybe the perfect tool?
0: Well, just I'll take you through some of the steps there.
2: And we'll hear more from Wendy a little bit later on in the show.
1: You know, we often talk about our podcaster club members because we so appreciate how they financially support this show. Now, it's quite true that without them, this show would not have lasted for almost 15 years, and it's still going strong. Now, as a thank you to our club members, we give them a special map show every single month, uh, a member path tag a private Facebook group, and much, much more. And we also give away prizes to our members on every single map show. Now, today we decided to give those prizes on this regular show. The winners can choose from the Podcaster Prize Vault, which has recently added some really cool items. So we're going to choose from the Podcaster Club members today. Mm-hmm. Sunny
2: has the polyhedral dice, and, and I have the list. And
1: here we go. All right. Okay, Winner number one.
2: Mrs. Scott
1: Hogg. All right. Thank Correct. you, Mrs. Scott Hogg, for being a podcaster club member. Next.
2: Okay. Winner number two is Forest Ghost. Forest
1: Ghost. All right. Also, Forest Ghost, thank you for being a club member. And one more.
2: All right. Winner number three is Flagman.
1: Flagman. I recognize that name. Yeah, from around here. All right. Congratulations, Flagman. And also thank you for being a podcaster club member. Hey, congrats to all those winners. And a huge thank you to all of our awesome club members.
2: And by the way, next week's show is going to be a map show for members only. And we have some extra audio from our conversation with Twylaire to share with our club members and you're going to hear some special memories and great geocaching moments that Wendy told us about and you don't need to miss out. You can get all the info you need and sign up to join the club at podcaster.com slash club. Here at Podcaster, we love to hear and share geocaching stories with you. It's one way that we can bring the geocaching world together into a seemingly smaller geocaching community. We've heard stories that we can relate to, sort of, yep, been there, done that. And then there are others that allow us to vicariously live out a geocaching lifestyle that we can only dream of. But one thing they all have in common are geocachers with a love of geocaching adventure. Next up, we have an FTF story for you that didn't quite go quite as planned. Here is listener Vicious Cycle with the story.
3: Hey, Sonny and Sandy. This is Vicious Cycle calling from Carson City, Nevada. I just wanted to share an experience I had today uh, hunting for an FTF. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read you my uh, log entry for it. Uh, just to give you a little background before I start reading it, <clears throat> I'm located here in northern Nevada, as I mentioned, Carson City. And uh, we're in uh, – it's kind of a desert terrain here, so we're in a, we're kind of nestled in the mountains. Lake Tahoe is nearby, um, and there's a lot of sagebrush and uh, juniper trees and whatnot. So, anyway, let, let me read this to you. This is my logbook entry. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. The day started out with one of those emails about a new cache in my area. A quick glance at the location, and I knew this was going to be a long backcountry trek in the geo Jeep. I packed up the bag and headed out hunting for an FTF. As I got deeper into the back country, the dirt roads became more and more narrow, with some pretty challenging washouts, rocks, and juniper trees/slash/slash slash sagebrush painting brand new Nevada pinstripes on my Jeep. But after a long and treacherous trek, I finally arrived at Ground Zero. I made the find, opened the container, and was greeted by a clean, fresh logbook. Yay! First to find! The cash owner had a nice note on the first page of the logbook explaining some of the details about the geology in the area. I swapped some swag and wrote my own note in the logbook and started to head back to civilization. Everything was going great. I got the FTF, plus I got to spend a couple of hours off-roading in the Jeep. I had the windows rolled down. I was enjoying the fresh mountain air. I thought to myself, this is a great day. It's Funny how quickly things can change. I was home free. It was the end of the dirt road, only about a 100 yards from the pavement, when suddenly my heart sank. I heard a horrible, loud, hissing noise coming from the passenger side of the Jeep. I knew instantly that I had a flat, and it was no slow leak. So I stopped to see which tire I was going to have to change. When I walked around to the source of the noise, I saw that I didn't have a flat tire at all. No, I had two flat tires. The spare can't help with that. So several hours later, after a nice tow truck ride and an expensive bill at the tire store, I finally made it home. This is a cache I will never forget.
2: All right, he was cut off a little bit at the very end, but he was able to still share that story with us. And we'll put a link in our show notes to that geocache. And let's get back to the rest of that interview
1: with Twilaire. So, um, well, Wendy, how did you use Cash Tour to plan this trip, and and why do you think it was maybe the perfect tool?
0: Well, just I'll take you through some of the steps that we that we used to, to develop the trip. So, we started with a list of. of just a handful of caches, I think there were maybe only five or six that were specific months that are kind of rare in that, you know, year 2000 caches, early 2001. Mm -hmm. And so um, there was a cache in, and I don't have the list in front of me, but there was uh, a few in Oregon. There was one in California. We had Potter's Pond and that was kind of the the backbone of the trip. So we knew we wanted to get down into California and then over there to Potter's Pond and then back Um, to Portland, which is where we started Portland area. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I put all those caches into cash and I can, so again, it was only five or six caches, but I could say, organize these into a good route for me. Mm. And and so cash figured out the the smartest route for us to do those, those five or six caches. So now we had a loop and I could see about how many miles we'd have to drive to get from, you know, the longer distances. Mm. And, um, and so between miles and, and hours, we said, okay, we're going to break the trip into this number of days, which ended up being a total of six days. Hmm. And then we could start looking at where did we want to spend, do our overnighting, you know, what other caches did we want to include and and stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. So once, yeah, once we had that point, we could, and we decided where we were going to do our overnights. I could put in my, uh, you know, those overnight locations and break the trips down into days
3: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, we could superimpose the geocaching.com map to see what else we might find along the way, like nice. webcams or, or special caches, that kind of thing.
1: Well, that's really cool. And then you can sort of anticipate how long it would be between those legs, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, as we got involved with the more detailed planning of the trip, um, caster has a feature that you can put in uh, a, you know, a time, for example, a start time at the beginning of the day
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, it, 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 for, you know, say in our group, we had made a decision that we were going to start on the road at 8am every day or 7am, whatever time it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, given the, the, the caches in the developed trip for each day, it would kind of calculate our estimated time at each cache, mm-hmm. even including the, um, not just the driving time, but estimation for how long it would take to find each cache. Oh,
1: really? That's interesting. Really,
0: Uh, really powerful planning tool.
1: I was going to say, you know, I mean, certain caches are probably grab and goes. Right. But other ones are like, what do you mean I have to climb that tree? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know? right, right.
0: So, yeah cash tour algorithmically looks at you know the attributes yeah. the difficulty the terrain and makes a guess at how long it will take
1: to find each one right right compensate for like required scuba gear something like yeah. that yeah <laughs>
0: it takes a little more time
1: so did cash tour help with some of the uh off the beaten path geocaches that you you know that, that weren't the, the primary ones
0: Yes, it was so helpful for that. Um, A number of the old ones that you probably, if you've hunted any old caches, you'll know that they are not grab-and-goes. They are not right on the side of the highway in general. Right. There are definitely some exceptions to that. And uh, definitely with some of the the caches that we were going after, for example, the burn. I don't remember the GC code, and also Hanbury Ridge, those are both, um, I'm remembering, two of the ones that... um, just in a maze of Forest Service roads, mm. and you know how do you, and not necessarily the, even showing up on, on all the maps. So we were, um, so I we as a team we went through and read old logs, tried to find out the best way to get places, and then in Cacheur I could put every junction of each for the Forest Service roads on our way into the cache, mm. and then I would know I, I would have a waypoint and and a, and a route to get there and we wouldn't miss any of those important turns and end up getting lost in those mazes.
1: That's that's really important. Yeah. Because because you need to be able to get out of there to continue on your on your route, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, um were there any lessons that you learned as far as using cash tour and, and needing to uh add more caches or or cut back on on the amount that you thought you might need to do? Well, in
0: terms of lessons learned, after as a result of being on the trip i've definitely been on on, been on trips with groups of people before part Mm -hmm. partly as in my role as a girl scout travel advisor Mm -hmm. but you're not getting in and out of the vehicles all the time Mm -hmm. and so one of the things i learned was have 18 people in two large vans it takes a lot longer than you might think to get in and get out (laughs) so again i put i could put in a um an adjustment in cash turn. I definitely will do that on my next trip like this. Nope.
1: Okay. So just even the exiting the vehicle or getting everybody loaded up again was something that you, you need to take into consideration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I kind of imagined this clown car.
0: Uh, uh, it, it felt like that at times, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's terrific. Now, can you share with us maybe some highlights of the trip um, that, that you, you were on?
0: Yeah, well, we um, found in six days, we cached in six states, Oregon, mm. California, Nevada, Utah, Idaho, and Washington. Nice. We did find a cache placed every month from May 2000 to January 2001, and lots of other caches, including uh, mysteries, virtuals, earth caches, webcams, the original stash plaque.
1: Mm, nice.
0: That was a lot. And then just a funny highlight was in the final 24 hours of our trip there was at least one member of the group out finding caches in all but four hours of that 24
1: hours. So, really? Yeah.
0: Well, it, we had not had our fill even in the very last 24 hours.
1: <laughs> Terrific. Now those yeah. are dedicated cashers. Those are, those are true cashers there. Very much so. Great. Well, did you learn any lessons that you could share with us? Uh, you know, if they wanted to try to do, if others want to try to do it as, as far as the process of planning or while you were actually on the trip. Um,
0: just in terms of planning use, a, using a tool, like especially cash to do things like divide the, the trip into daily sub trips so that you're breaking every day down. Okay. Um, when you're tra- when you're caching in unfamiliar areas, take time to read the logs. You will can learn so much from reading the logs of the people <laughs> who have come before you. Yeah. Um, whether it's finding out that, a is only available during certain hours or, you know which gates are better to use if you need to get through a gate or something like that. Mm, Those mm. are all really good um, planning tips.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Especially especially reading logs and, uh, and descriptions and things like that. I think a lot of people uh, kind of skip, skip over that and just try to head straight towards it, you know Um, but learning which gates are are more accessible and things like that are, are, are good things to do for sure. All right. Well uh, tell us if our listeners wanted to learn more about cash tour, where should they go?
0: Um right to the Cash Tour website and that's .no. This is a it's the website's actually based in Norway, so that's why the N O. So mm-hmm. just go to .no. That's where you can log in. And I think there might be at the bottom of the at the page, there might be a learn more if you, if you wanna learn more um, first without um, signing up. So otherwise it's cashtour.no NO slash H V A.
1: Okay. Very cool.
0: Or, like, more information.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. right. And, again, uh, for listeners to this particular episode, head on over to the show notes for this episode. We'll, We'll give you all the information and links so you can get there nice and easy. And we also want to let you know that Wendy has generously offered a couple of cash tour trackables to give as prizes. So listen up, and we'll give you more information on how to get your hands on those. All right, Wendy, well, thank you so much. This was very insightful uh, and, and uh, very informative. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today.
0: It's been a pleasure, Sonny. Thank you.
1: All right. Catch up with you later. Bye. And by the way, in the show notes, we'll also link to a video presentation. It's How to Use Cash Tour to Basic Course. And it was recorded uh, in May sixteenth, 2020, and it's presented by Chris Rock, also known as Hiking Seal, assisted by Carl C. C. G. Hove. Rich R. Reagan, and Wendy Twillere. All ambassadors for Cash Tour. Check out the show notes for more information. Podcaster. Games and contests. Here at Podcaster, we love to play games and contests that gives you opportunities to win. a swag.
2: Well, our current contest has come to an end, and it's time to give away a prize. It's the Caravan Chronicles book by Matt Clem and a set of trackable geocoins from CashUp, New Brunswick. Mm. And we just want to thank, say thanks to all the people who entered the contest and answer the question, where would you travel to for geocaching if the travel restrictions were lifted? And we got some interesting answers that we're yeah. actually going to share with you on a future show and you might be uh, interested in adding some to your geocaching bucket list yeah, absolutely. or wish-, wish list for whenever you can get out traveling again mm-hmm. but for now we're going to roll the polyhedral dice again and we're going to pick a winner from mm-hmm. everybody who entered this contest
1: all right here we go some great stories there by yeah, the way yeah uh-huh. or, and right, some i shouldn't say stories but just wishful planning ideas of yeah. where
2: you where they want to go in the world yep there
1: we go okay. And, okay.
2: we are. and the winner is Scrabblehounds. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Tell us, uh, write and tell us you heard your name and make sure we have your right address so that we can get your prize off to you.
1: And that theme song means we are done with the geocaching goodness, at least for today's show. And it's now time for a quick Sean update.
2: So we may have mentioned that Sean's been really getting into Legos recently yeah, and having fun with it. And he, he told me, I don't know, maybe yesterday, that he was trying to make this special thing, mm-hmm. uh, a puzzle box, um, kind of to 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 give to Sonny for father's day today because mm. he thought he'd enjoy kind of figuring it out yeah and he i guess he found a video on the computer
1: either a video or or um like a how-to like a how-to mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah some instructions and what it it looks like is a small house uh-huh but it really it, you know what kind of reminds me of like one of uh, wV tim's gadget caches
2: yes because you have to figure out what to do and you can't just tear it apart like no. you can't break the Legos
1: yeah well it It is Legos. And so, you know, in theory, you could take it apart, but you're not supposed to. Things actually slide and move Mm -hmm. and, and it's pretty clever. And you it's have to you, you
2: open up one piece, and then it reveals a little um, Lego part. Yeah, that then you use to open another piece. Uh-huh. Place. Yeah, and it goes on like that until you open up the the little drawer that has the quote prize in it.
1: And and it works. Uh-huh. It, it's pretty cool. And first I, I did impressed. it by myself, and then and then Sandy did it. So uh-huh. you know she she didn't watch me do it, so she could do it on her own. But pretty clever. Yeah, Sean's got more into Legos mm-hmm. now, especially during these isolation times. You know, he reads a lot. He's, he's a voracious reader. He can read yeah. books rather quickly, uh-huh. actually. Um, so he likes doing that. He likes playing video games. But one of the things he's just picked up on, and, you know, who knows why? I think part of it is because his cousin um who ha- gave him a large amount yes of random and i we do mean a large amount of random lego pieces
2: yeah huge amount and i mean this cousin was really into legos and he's you know he's on to college age now and yeah. and but rather than just get rid of them uh, he wanted to share some with Sean, and so yeah. Sean has a huge, vast store of
1: Lego parts to choose from. So what that allows Sean to do is go online, and when there's a little plan of using like standard or you know typical Lego pieces, mm-hmm. he can find them. Mm-hmm. You know they don't match; they're all same, same color, but he can find the shapes that needs to do things. So yeah. it's pretty cool. He's, he's built a lot of like home furniture, yeah. <laughs> like a kitchen sink and, and a he's ping to pong table. A whole house. <laughs> <laughs> interesting stuff. But yeah, anyway, but it's fun. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for t- today's show. Once again, uh, thank you so much for being part of the podcaster community. You know, our goal is to uh, cater to all the geocachers out there in the world and bring uh, news, tips and tricks, great stories and share in this geocaching community. Do us a big favor though. If you enjoy what we bring to you each week, uh, it takes, it takes work on our side. Please uh, tell other geocachers about the show. Just send them an email, say, Hey, go check out podcaster.com. Paste it. Post it in Facebook or some other social media, and let people know that Podcasters out here bringing you geocaching goodness each and every week. All right, guys, stay safe, so that someday when we get through this, all of us can keep on caching. Bye.
2: Well, that's it for the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to visit our website at podcaster.com. dot com. You'll find our show notes, useful links, and tons of resources. We always love to hear from you. Our email is podcaster at gmail dot com. You can also call the Podcaster hotline at seven six zero. 300 3633 find out all the ways you can contact us at podcaster.com slash contact till next time stay safe and keep on caching.